0: Hello,
1: and welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce to you, Marisa Corcoran. I want to start with how I met her because I was so excited and grateful to one of our previous guests, who you listened to, Meryl Kriegsman. She introduced us and said, you know, you guys are sort of on the same train, on the same path. I think you should know each other. And we both hopped on this call because Meryl told us to, and then realized, oh my gosh, we vibe so well. And so you guys, I'm really excited to introduce introduce Marisa to you. In addition to writing the words that get landing pages converting at 60% or higher and crafting personality-filled emails, Marisa helps coaches and creatives craft their uncopyable messages inside her signature program, the Copy Confidence Society. Marisa, I'm so excited to ask you more about all of this. She is the creator of the wildly popular summit, the Copy Chat, which has raised over 100 k for organizations like Soul Fire Farm, the Headstrong Project, and Safe USA when she's not click clacking on her laptop on her all-american road trip this year you can find this Harvard grad analyzing real housewives episodes like it's government policy I'm so excited to talk I can hardly read your bio Um, and consuming inappropriate amounts of nut what is that called
0: nut 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 outrageous not outrageous I should change it to Snickers I like Snickers too but if you find a nut they're so rare to find but no matter where I am and if i find one like in a gas station on this trip. Yes. I'm like, put it in the car. We have to have it. It's called "Outrageous" by Reese's. Awesome. That's cool. I wouldn't know because I'm allergic
1: to nuts. So I don't okay, no, that know. That would not be good for you. Yeah, no, but you know what, Marisa, thank you for being here. I I really enjoyed reading your bio and I was like very excited to introduce you. And um, I would love for you to sort of talk to us about, you know, one traveler to another that we, we were definitely connecting. I could tell instantly why Meryl had connected us on many levels. And I'm just really excited for our community to get to meet you. So will you tell us a little bit
0: about where you are and what your life's like right now? Yeah. So right now at the time of this recording, I'm coming at you from Half Moon Bay, a little bit outside of San Francisco. As you said, Abigail, we are on an all-American road trip for this entire year. We started back at the beginning of the year um, yeah. and we started in Florida. We put all our stuff in storage in Atlanta where we uh, were living. And then mm-hmm. we started off in Miami, We made our way out of Florida into New Orleans. We spent most of April in Texas and Austin, Texas. And then we made our way to Albuquerque, New Mexico, Sedona, the Grand Canyon. We spent about Mm. a week in Vegas and then we did about two weeks in San Diego. And now we're doing a 12 day up the California coast to our next Mm -hmm. longer stop, which will be in Seattle. So we'll be in Seattle for most of, of June. And then we continue from there, but that's kind of where we've been. And so right now, we're on the 12-day California tour. And it's just been so nice uh, to drive along the coast, along Pacific Coast Highway. Yes, yes. I mean, just absolutely stunning. We haven't had the sunniest weather. It's been mm-hmm. what all Californians have been telling me, May gray. I was like, wow, yep. somebody would have told me this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. So it's definitely been grayer and colder than I thought, but it's just been so beautiful to be by the ocean. We were just in this small town two nights ago called Moro Bay, Mm -hmm. where there were like sea otters and seals and this ancient volcanic rock. And it was just, it was just so adorable to spend a night there. And we went to Paso Robles and now we'll go to San Francisco tomorrow. So that's where we are right now. Beautiful. What was the inspiration for this trip? Yeah, it's such a great question. So it's something that I always wanted to do. And kind of when I met my husband, we were on the same wavelength of him being remember him saying, oh, I always wanted to live in Austin, Texas, and I always wanted to go to San Diego. And I thought it'd be cool to like live in Seattle for a while. And we were both kind of on the same wavelength of wanting to, you know, live in multiple places or see what that might be like and, and travel and see the country. We both kept talking, my God, there's so much to see in the U.S. And really in on this trip, once we left Florida, Abigail, everything was new to us. We had mm-hmm. never been to New Orleans, never been to Texas. So we never been anywhere when we went once we left Florida. So we just kept thinking, let's do this. And then the year we got married, we were supposed to do it as a honeymoon and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, okay, well, we moved from New York City to Atlanta in 2018, in early 2018. And we said, okay, we'll, we'll stay in Atlanta for two years and then we'll start the kind of trip and do it from there, which would have coincided with March of 2020, which yeah. um, did not work out. And then yep we thought, okay, maybe this isn't meant for us. Maybe we could do it a smaller version. Like we go away for three months at a time. We pick a place, we come back. And then we were going to do that last summer. And then I got breast cancer. Mm. So we, we weren't traveling anywhere. And then Mm. we just started talking over the fall, you know, like, I mean, really, for real, we really understood that life is short. And we really wanted to do this in some way. So we decided that if my first scans were clear, which they were in January this past year, that we would hit the road right after that. And so I'll I'll never forget coming out of like my mammogram. They told me right then and there that my scans were clear. And I kind of came out and gave my husband the thumbs up, which was thumbs up. My scans are clear, but also thumbs up, like, let's go. We're doing the trip. So, and I'm so glad that we did because it's something that we've always wanted to do. So we will stop in Atlanta for a week in August for my next scans, um, yeah. And then we'll do like the East Coast for the fall. Wow. Uh, but it, yeah, it was so it's something that it's kind of been like seven, eight years in the making. I love that. And I want to come back to that. But I remember
1: reading or hearing you say, you phrasing it, having an entanglement with breast cancer. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was empowering in a way. Can you tell me a little bit about that, that context?
0: Yeah, it, it really was like the joke if people were a fan of Red Table Talk that Jada Pinkett uh, mm. Smith used to have and she talked about you know there was this time in her life where I mean essentially what she's saying is that you know she had cheated on Will Smith but she called it that she had an entanglement yeah you no know, I'm not sure exactly sure of the arrangement that they have in their marriage but um, she referred to it as an entanglement and I oh it always made me laugh the way that she yeah. approached saying it that way and there was something yeah. when I got breast cancer that I kind of wanted to treat it similarly that I got yeah. caught up in this thing, but it wasn't something that was lasting or was sticking around. Like I had yeah. an entanglement and I dealt with it. You know, I learned the lessons and I'm I'm moving past it. Mm, I love that. Cause it I love the it sounds like it, like you
1: you got caught up in it and it's not Something that's going, you're going to identify with, or it will define you, or, you know, then integrating it into your life in such a lasting way. So it just, it really stuck out to me immediately. And I wanted to bring that to the audience too, because I wonder what we might be entangled with that we would love to be less permanently attached to <laughs> or identify yes. with.
0: Yes. And, and you know, I think it's important. It's not always, even you saying that, it reminds me to remind myself of it because I don't know, just certain things lately. You know, if I have a friend who's also going through it, which I have had like two colleagues at the same time, and, you know, maybe Mm. they're coming up on their scans, it will make you, you can't help but feel fearful. Yeah. Or gosh, I hope I'm doing enough. You know, I really have kind of adopted this like new way of eating and kind of taking care of myself of being on the road. It's like, oh my gosh, am I doing enough? And so Mm -hmm. I do have to kind of go back to that, to reminding myself of the entanglement because I definitely will have moments where I can kind of sink back into the fear of it. Like the Mm -hmm. fear that it will come back in some way or the fear that I'm not doing all that I can. And so I have Mm -hmm. to kind of walk myself back. And I think that's where I'll remember the entanglement. Like, Mm no, you said this isn't, this is an entanglement. Here's what you're doing. You are doing enough. And it's Mm -hmm. like this almost mini kind of mantra or moment I can have with myself.
1: Mm, Yes. I love that. It's a little bit of a transition, but... We before we hit record, we were talking about life on the road. And I wonder about this entanglement with life on the road and what your experience has been because... I have to, admittedly, I know people are always being generous when they ask, what's your favorite place you've ever been? But like, it's it seems like the most impossible question to answer because of the enormity of this beautiful world. I would love for you to share with our listeners because I think they see people like us, our lives were on the road and visiting these beautiful places and sharing and Um, connecting with maybe clients or hosting events. And what has your experience been of being on the road? You know, the goods and the bad, the up, the lows, the highs, the positives, all that. What's it been like for you to to be in this traveling life?
0: Mm, Such a good question. So I feel like it has definitely been this roller coaster of when we first started, we started in Florida, we started in Orlando, and we thought it would be a good idea to go to Disney, like the first days of this trip. (laughs) Which was a great idea. It's not that it wasn't, but we arrive in Florida, all our stuff's in storage. We just come off of, for anybody, you know, collectively, just living for a long time, almost very isolated from the pandemic, from not really traveling, not really seeing people in person, to all of a sudden, we had really had a very strict routine at home eating wise these walks that we did and all of a sudden that was just kind of like upended overnight and i think yeah. the first few days were really hard for me we realized we packed too much so we had to send like yeah. these two big boxes back to atlanta so mm-hmm. it was kind of surrendering to oh okay the route, it's going to be different now there's there's mm-hmm. just there's no way it can be the same so i think mm-hmm. once we sent the boxes back we like let go of some stuff physically that we didn't need like I was yeah. still traveling with my giant thing of hair rollers because I'm Italian, I have super long hair and I would put my hair in half <laughs> rollers. And so I was like, okay, I have to part for my 12 rollers. And then I ended up ordering a small version online. It's just five of them. And I can't yeah. hit my all my hair, but I can hit the front, which is like all I really need. So it was just yeah. like adjusting. That's like a dumb example of just like adjusting. And so I feel like yeah. first, and then once that happened, we got to Texas, like we got to Austin which mm-hmm. was probably a month in and I was rocking and rolling. Like I felt yeah. like my time in Austin was really Austin through New Mexico, through Sedona, through the grand Canyon mm-hmm. was really like a high time, high vibe feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I felt that way in San Diego as well, but something that I, so, so like in, in the highs of that were like, I loved being in a place for a little bit longer where we could establish a little bit of a routine um, mm-hmm. and kind of like, I like getting to know, so I got to know this barista in Austin. His name is Julian. If by chance, Julian, you're listening to this at Kube Coffee, <laughs> if you find yourself in East Austin, go to Kube and say hi to Julian. And yes. just, I love that kind of being part of the neighborhood for a few weeks. And we hosted a live event there. And yeah. I loved that. And I felt like I carried that through even when it was mm-hmm. the shorter get up and go Albuquerque, Sedona, mm-hmm. I was just feeling like Awesome. And then in San Diego, I did. But something, as I was saying to you, Abigail, before we we hopped on, that I have been struggling with is it's been a little bit colder and not mm-hmm. as sunny in California as I had anticipated for this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I realized yeah. just how impacted I am from not having sun. And yes. so we're traveling like every other day on this leg of the trip. And it's just remembering that like, all right, it's all right. You know, it's not as sunny as I hoped. It's not this as I hope. but oh my gosh, look, here's the ocean. Oh my gosh, here, look, we're doing this here. You know, and I realized just how impacted I am by the sun. So it's definitely been that roller coaster that I wouldn't take back for anything. But I just think with, you know, no matter where you are, there's going to be times where it's a 10 out of 10 and days where it isn't. So just kind of adjusting that and recognizing kind of like the entanglement of being like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm a Leo. I'm somebody who loves the sun. I don't have yes. a lot of it right now. So like this morning like okay, we're getting up, we're going for the walk no matter what. Like still establishing those things that get me going because I'm still working and doing stuff on, you know, on the trip. I still have a uh at least for the first 3 weeks of every month a pretty typical work schedule.
1: You know, um I was just talking to Brian Butler in one of our last episodes about the same thing. He travels full time in his van and when you begin traveling, you mistake travel days as off days because you're not working and travel is just as much work as any other work. And so it's not a true rest day either. And so it's, it's emotionally, mentally, physically taxing in a way that it's like, why am I tired or why, you know, why can't I bounce back or whatever, whatever it might be. And so I think it's just so important because as we become more and more experienced traveler over time you really learn to prioritize some some dead space, some true rest and I think it's just so important but it's really something you can only learn through the experience of of that like either burnout or exhaustion
0: or like just you know like a little funky, a little, a little funk. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Like we think of those days. I love that Brian said that because I have felt that where the travel days still take so much out of you. Mm-hmm. And I'll have mornings. I, I've realized it now, but I would have mornings where I'd wake up and like, my legs would be really sore. And I'm like, why yeah. is this? Why is this? And then it's like, Oh, well, I was in the car for how many hours yesterday and then I turned around and had like a normal work. Like it's like, my body is just constantly like in a new workout kind of, or in like a new, yeah. a new plan. But and yeah, the importance of that dead space. So for example, yesterday when we got to Half Moon Bay, I just looked at Eric and I said, I have to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. I have to go upstairs and lay down. That was it. Yeah. I just, I had yeah. to do it. And then we woke up and then we like kind of went exploring after that. But I just had to take some rest. So having that, I had a day like that in Austin too. It was like yeah, Easter yeah. Sunday. I We came back from like getting some groceries because we were set, you know, settling there for a few weeks And I literally looked at Eric and I said, I have to go lay down. Like I just, I'll see you in a couple hours. And we had this reservation (laughs) for like an Easter dinner. Like I remember he came in and woke me up. He's like, we have to go. Luckily our reservations were in Austin. We lived literally behind, like across the street from a great restaurant called Laundrette in East Austin. So all I had to do was walk out of the garage and literally walk across the street and it was there. So I had time to get ready. But I think that's so important to say that I've had to have days where I thought... Mm -hmm nope, I just have to rest today. And we've added on days or taken away to, to kind of accommodate that too. But you don't really know, like you're saying, until you get out and do it. Totally. So I just want to say thank
1: you for entertaining my questions about your All-American Tour because it's just, it's definitely a theme in my life. And I I have loved attracting more nomads into my life. And, you know, something that I remember from when we were, we had our just original, when Meryl had le- linked us up, you were sharing how on the road you're hosting events and you're working with your clients on the road. And I would one love to hear what the experience of being quote
0: unquote on tour is like, and just telling us more about the work that you do. Yeah. So we support business owners to create what you had said before, like your uncopyable message and the copy that supports it. So what I mean by that is I always say that, you know, your business has three basic needs. If you, um, are an entrepreneur, you're a creative, you're, you know, you're, you're that running that business has three needs. One is you have to sell in a way that feels good. Number two is you have to call in the right people to sell to. We may know this as audience growth, as lead generation. And then number three, you have to know what to say and how to say it. Um, you know, whether you're writing that down in in copy, you're talking about what you do, you have to have an effective way to know how to communicate what you do, how you help people. And that's what we really do is that third kind of basic need that then supports you to call in the right people so that you can sell to them in a way that feels good. So we really support mm-hmm. people with your website words, how you talk about what you do, your social media. And so that's really what the Copy Confidence Society is all about. And we have another arm or another you know branch of the business where we then show you, okay, once you have that uncopyable message, once you mm-hmm. message it, now you can market it. And we really show you how to do that by creating your own stage, your own platform where you can bring people Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I did when I created the copy chat. So helping Mm -hmm. people create like whatever that stage is so that they can market in a way that they don't have to rely on social media. They don't even have to rely on referrals. They're really Mm -hmm. bringing people to them. Uh, And so we've had just uh, about 500 people go through the Copy Confidence Society. And Mm so with the pandemic, we... We're saying after that, as we started traveling, well, it would be really great to meet people in real life. You've had all these people go Mm -hmm. through the program. How could we, you know, meet people? And that's kind of how the icon roadshow was born that we would, (laughs) in the cities where we were sitting down for longer stays, we could host these in person events at our Airbnbs where we were staying. And Mm -hmm. it's turned out to be a really great thing. And I would suggest for anybody that's listening, if maybe you've been wanting to host something live, but the idea Mm -hmm. of hosting something live feels really daunting. You feel like it has to be really massive or a lot of people, Mm -hmm. or you feel like you're going to have to be on the whole time and teach the whole time. We've really positioned these to be at each roadshow is just about like seven people. So Mm -hmm. it's really intimate. It's hosted at the Airbnb. And there's something about just like people sitting around on like a sectional couch, as opposed to being in a conference room or not. There's just such intimacy and vulnerability and depth and stuff that we get done which has yes. been so powerful for people. Um, yes. So we kind of announced, here's the places. It's it sold out in like two days, the cities. Yeah. yeah, um, people were like, Amazing. I'm in. So we did you know, Miami, Austin, Seattle. I'm doing one in my hometown of Syracuse. We did one in San Diego. Um, and so the intimacy has been great. And I've really made it. So even in the beginning, in the first part of the day after the introductions, There is this part where I'm kind of teaching on five things that have worked really well in my business. But between each one of them, I have them partner up with each other, almost like live breakout sessions. You know, on Zoom, you can put people in breakout rooms, these live partnerships for them to work with each other and ignite ideas Mm -hmm. so that they're working with each other. So yes, I'm introducing the concepts of the five things, but the ideas Mm -hmm. from them are coming from their own intuition and from working with each other. And then they each get a spotlight, like our version of a hot seat, where they come up to kind of the front of the room and Mm -hmm. they ask us a question of something they want support with. And then I really kind of keep quiet. I'm opening it up to the room to really have them support each other. And then I chime in where is needed. And it's just been, I mean, even more magical than I could have hoped. And each one has had its own energy, but it's just been really beautiful to meet people in real life, to help that depth of support for them to get one thing kind of done and dusted. And mm-hmm. also the connection, we do lunch, we do a little meetup the night before, we do dinner that night. So it's just yeah. been, they've been great. We just did our San Diego one two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I I really love and appreciate the intimacy. Uh, as you know, I'm on tour as well. And it there's just something about, I think, you know, the virtual world and all that it has to offer is so infinite. And there is just something about being able to spend time one on one, belly to belly on a sectional couch. Like, I couldn't agree more with the level of intimacy that it feels, I feel called towards it. It feels so important right now. And I think that that's a very common theme with a lot of entrepreneurs and just people in general. I think we all spent two years apart and, um, in, in a certain level of isolation that now more than ever, we're re-presenced to the importance of real life interaction. And so I appreciate the way that you shared it because I, I could almost feel
0: myself at your event and I, I really loved listening to what you were sharing. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. There's just something that I think has really been pulling people to wanna be in person and mm-hmm. just the stuff that we can get um like accomplished and done for people and like the depth, the depth mm-hmm. of, people being able to share more openly and intimately and not just in the parts where we're doing the quote unquote, like the hot seats or the work, but the breaks, the dinners, that's where so much of that magic happens. So even just facilitating that for people, even if you are somebody that wants to just host even a meetup with your people, that's at a restaurant, that's at a, keep it totally casual. It doesn't even have to have the set and just let people connect with each other. There's stuff that just happens just from the meetup. So even thinking about something like that, like a meetup or maybe a meetup where there's like a couple prompts and then you, Mm -hmm. you know, you set a timer on your phone and have everybody like, you know, talk to the person that's next to them and then switch to the other person. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many ways to do that without feeling like you have to have a, a traditional live event. Yes, yes,
1: yes. It, yeah, I could, I just couldn't agree more. And it makes me so happy that more people are doing it. And then the, that we're sitting here sharing it with, you know, hundreds of listeners who will tune in and, and ask themselves, how can I be connecting with my community or with like-minded, like-hearted individuals? And so I, I absolutely love that. And, and that there's, there's one more layer that's kind of, here and unspoken, which is like the intentionality of it with like what you said, like maybe prompts or, you know, we're all, we're connecting uh, with a common ground. And I think the intentionality of connecting as opposed to, you know, small talk, let's say, or indirect, like just a gathering in general, but that you, you have a something that you're related on and maybe headed towards. And to me, that, that really creates a richness of interaction and connection that
0: then is lasting. It goes beyond the event itself. Yep. For sure. I love the prompts even because within those five things that I'm teaching, I'm teaching about five things that have gone really well in my business. So one of the things I talk about is that, okay, I created my own stage with the copy chat. What might be that example for you? What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. And then having them partner up and talk about that with each other. So there's these small Prompts for them to do along the way for the day. And I think I, I couldn't agree more. That intentionality is so, it's mm-hmm. so important. And I watch people walk away with some key things that they actually can kind of go and do now and implement. Yeah. I
1: love that. And so tell us a little bit more about that in like for you and what you do, the copy chat, the copy confidence society. What stuck out to me in your bio was that personality filled emails. So tell us about how we, whether we have our own business or maybe it's the dating world or we're just wanting to connect with family more. Cause something that I've noticed that the trend of whether it's we're coming of age or we're waking up collectively that we want we're we're discovering more about who we are not who we've ever been or what we've been told to be or expected to be so we're waking up to ourselves more and then we want to show up that way and that may mean that we're sort of presenting a new identity to people that have already known us or that we simply just want to be more self-expressed in our world. What what do you have to say about that? I'm, I don't want to direct your answer too much by making the question so specific, but what do you have to say about all that?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I couldn't... so from a, from a business perspective. And then I think it just ricochets into everything. Totally. People make purchasing decisions based on two things. one is what you're selling something that I want or something that I need. And number two, are you the person that I want to do it with? And so this is why your personality matters in your copy and the way that you're communicating about your business. People want to get Mm -hmm. a sense of your voice, your vibe, your values. So especially Mm -hmm. if you are a business owner or someone out there and you might consider yourself someone who's in a saturated market, Mm -hmm. this is where you can truly stand out. And I believe that if you really start to hone in on your personality and those markers, and I'll talk to you about some of the ways that we do it, Mm -hmm. then there can truly be no such thing as competition. There can only Mm -hmm. be collaboration because... So when I first started out and uh, when I first started the copy chat and people were kind of reaching out to me... um, and saying, oh, well, I notice you have other copywriters on the copy chat. Why would you do that? Why would you have your competition on the copy chat? Mm-hmm. And I'd say, well, I don't consider them my competition because my personality is going to be different than my friend whose personality might be a little bit more chill or is really great at working with more spiritual entrepreneurs. Um, my writing tends to have a lot of humor infused into it, it can be really direct, which is going to be great for some people, but maybe not great for others. So Mm -hmm. if we are really showing up in our authentic kind of personality, it helps Mm -hmm. people make the best purchasing decision for them. It's actually a very client focused thing because it helps people know, okay, this is the person I vibe with. This is the person that's going to help me. And then everybody's getting more of the results and the things that we've promised. Mm -hmm. And so that's the very first thing that we work on inside of the Copy Confidence Society is helping you and your niche, whatever your business is, is what is that personality and how do we bring that out? And so Mm -hmm. one of the things is in my former life, I was an actor. So I take a lot. I always say everything that makes you a star on stage will make you a star inside of your business. So Mm. when I was an actor, my friends and I, we would have to have like these archetypes. Like, were we the quirky best friend? Were we the femme fatale? Mm -hmm. Were we the girl next door? And so we'd want to make sure that our headshots, what our agents were sending us out for all of those mm-hmm. things lined up so that we were actually being sent out for the right things and we weren't walking right. in the door and totally being miscast. Right. So we have those same things inside of the society. You can be the hooker with a heart of gold, you can be <laughs> the nerdtastic leader, the relentless cheerleader, the quirky misfit, or the red hot trailblazer. And the mm-hmm. idea here is that you can also be a combo, you can be a triplet. But yeah. it's a lot of times, especially, and uh, and again, I'm talking through this as a business lens, but I think this applies everywhere. We're always taught like everything that you want out of life is, you know, outside of your comfort zone. I think I, I even got a dish up that said that for my husband, that he like puts his rings yeah. in. It's like everything you want in life is outside of your comfort zone. And I agree with that. But I also think there's things yeah. that we are already inherently great at or strengths that we sometimes yeah. don't into enough. And that's the goal with the copy star is to find that combo, that thing that highlights your strengths and lean into that first. Then we yeah. can always borrow from the other copy stars or what we want to um, come out with. And so like when I first joined the copy world, um, Abigail, I'll never forget. I was like, gosh, I don't really feel like I belong here. Like I came from a creative background and everybody was talking about like open rates and trip wires. And, and I was <laughs> just like, what? And so I tried to do all the things that people were doing. Okay. Let me write the blog, the how to three-step blog. Let me wear yeah. a laser in my call. Cause that <laughs> seems to be what everybody else is doing, you know? And then one day I was like, no, that's not me. What is me? And I knew yeah. that I wanted to, okay. That's why I started my Facebook group. Cause I knew that if I could connect with people, go live, create that experience, like you were in the living room with me, I yeah. started writing emails where I talked about my former life as an actor, my grandfather, my struggle with acne, my dog, Jake, and, and yeah. people started, I stopped wearing blazers from Ann Taylor. And if that's you do that. But I realized yeah. I, I started wearing my rock t-shirts and my hoop earrings. And I basically leaned into my full hooker with a heart of gold self. Yes. And I realized that that's when people were responding back and saying, and when I get on calls with them and say, Hey, why do you think I could help you with this project? They'd say, well, I feel like I know you, I feel like I can, I can trust you. I feel like I know about your grandpa, your dog, Jake, like these key things that I would talk about. Yeah. And I knew I was on to something. So really helping people hone into who they are. So the copy stars really helps with that. And maybe you're a combo, maybe you're a triplet, maybe you make up one of your own, but what is that, you know, kind of persona that you can lean into that gives you more confidence to talk mm-hmm. about what you do? Um, mm-hmm. And how you're going to show up even from a physical standpoint, like how are you going to dress? What, do, how are you going to show that representation of yourself? Mm-hmm. So you don't feel like you look or sound like everyone else. So mm-hmm. we really, really hone in on there. And there's also some other things that we do. We, we talk about creating what we call your word closet. So mm-hmm. it's, it's words and phrases that, so I always tell people like, go back and look at how you talk to a friend if you're texting them. How you talk in Mm -hmm. emails to people that you know and love. If you have a child, Mm -hmm. things that you say to them, because likely they probably mimic that back to you. Yeah. And collecting those. So we can start using those in places of like cliched statements in your emails. But you could also Mm -hmm. think about this like on a dating profile. Yeah. Like how can you start to infuse things that you would like actually typically say? And then we pair that with what we call your accessories closet. So that's thinking about favorite things, whether it's the a toothpaste, the a coffee—it doesn't. You just kind of run through the list. We give people like a list to go through, and mm-hmm. that helps you kind of take away from cliched phrases. Yeah. So if you're saying to somebody like, you know, people always say like, "Hold my beer." So instead of saying mm-hmm. like, "Hold my beer" in an email, I I would likely say "Hold my Earl Grey tea mm. with oat milk creamer." Or yeah. instead of saying "Flying by the seat of my pants," I might be like "Flying by the seat of my you know Spanx moto leggings."
1: Yeah. Which is what I'm yep. wearing
0: right now. So yeah. finding these ways to bring in your personality that really gives people an idea of what your voice and vibe is, but knowing yeah. that that feels more like you, so that yep. when people are seeing you in a business conversation, on a date, whatever it might be, you are truly showing up as yourself. I really love that, and you're not saying it explicitly, but like personal brand,
1: it's a personal brand. So we need to know the person, right? Like. And and you had said like, there's the product you offer and then people deciding if you're the person who's there or a service, right? They're gonna decide if you're the person who they're gonna interact with to get that service or product that they need. And so I really love that because I think especially, and, and you tell me, the, let's say the age of your clients, what, how, how long they've been, had their business or their, their entrepreneur, where they are on their entrepreneurial journey, because I feel like it's very typical of one to three year entrepreneurs to be doing. And I, I also, it's really. I'm sure you did parts of this on purpose, like the copy confidence and the copy chat, because it's almost like copycat, right? So there's the one to three year entrepreneurs who are mostly going to every free webinar they can and doing exactly as they're told by these gurus, the one, two, three steps, and ultimately getting a little bit away from themselves before they, like you did, I'm taking this blazer off, this is not it, this is not me. And then really deciding that I get to be me. And I think there's a lot of people who end up accidentally feeling trapped inside of an identity they were told to create because they thought that that's what would get them clients or, or success or whatever. What do you see in the industry? Cause I'm, I'm sure you're like, you see this a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You said this, my goal is really that people start here. Like I tell people, if you are brand, I, I get this all the time when people come, we do a, we do a class to, you know, really help people decide is the society a the great next step for them? And people are often yeah. asking this question, you know, I'm brand new. Like, is this a place for me? And I say, yes. I wish that people would start here and totally. start from a more unique, I always say like to be uncopyable, like what if we can start here? And, and I always tell people like, there's no magic bean for your business. What might work for me will work differently mm-hmm. for somebody else. But Mm -hmm. at that foundation is you have to have this effective way to talk about what you do and how you do it. And so Mm -hmm. all of this work can only help you no matter the strategy or Mm -hmm. technique or tool that you go on to to use. But if we can start here so that you are, you know, starting from who you are, it's going to help you move through this with way more ease and confidence. Yeah. And then for some people, they will hit the ground running with it. Yeah, in yeah. some it takes a little bit because like you're saying, Abigail, people have been, you know, not this. I always say, you know, every round of the society has its own energy. Yeah. So not yeah, this totally. round, but but last round we've done it now, we've run the society nine times now, which is just so wild. But yeah. in this in the fall round, I noticed that there was this collective sense of, gosh, I'm filling out these questions for the word closet or I'm looking through the copy star. And there was this idea of people, I don't really know who I am. I've been going mm-hmm. off of what other people told me as a parent, mm-hmm. as a as a partner working in corporate. And the sense of the questions were way deeper than I could have even imagined. And yeah. it was very unique to this round. There was just something in the air and the water of the people who came in And it was so powerful for them beyond the copy. But people who were reporting back, like I'm having conversations with my partner. I I talked to my child the other day in my copy star. (laughs) Like I connected to them from my my like authentic self. And it was really beautiful to see, but to know that sometimes it can feel really sticky because you're not used to looking at how you speak, how you interact. It's just like, what do people need from me? And let me do that. Or- Oh no, won't I not be professional? And so we, one of the biggest things that we do in the society is redefine what professional means. Mm -hmm. So like professional is that when you and I, Abigail said, we were going to show up today at this time, we both showed up and we were here. Amen. <laughs> That's professional, but professional. But people get that caught up with what I say. Well, will people not take me seriously? Or you know, yeah. or or how I dress? And it's like if I can get people away from that and get them diving in, what you find is this whole world of the right people that are so attracted to it. It's a breath of fresh air. It's what they needed to see. Mm. Um, it's wild, but sometimes it's it can be hard to get there. It can be sticky. Mm.
1: I am. I'm feeling a little like. Overwhelmed with, like, I'm so moved right now because this is something, a journey that I've been walking myself, you know, to the idea to dismantle, like, by owning our personal identity and find, and you, the way that you're like, encouraging your participants to then connect with people in this new way and share and and navigate these waters. Like there's a lot of fear around I don't look or act how I'm supposed to look or look or act. Like we have to conform to find success. And that we are disempowered in our individuality or like what really lights us up or how we want to speak or dress or what we're most comfortable in or as. And that you're doing this service for the world of unleashing, you know, the authentic hearts of others to make the difference that they came to make. Because I'm going to tell you, I am this person, and I have these gifts. But when you put a f- fucking pair of slacks on me, I shrivel up. Like I don't want to wear those. I don't want it put go on, you know? And so it's like, I know, I know about myself. Like over time, I've observed the both ends of the spectrum and I being more unleashed has a lot to do with what I'm wearing or how I'm feeling or the permission I have, if I can drop the F-bomb or not. And so, um, the fluidity and the natural radiance that we have being, being able to express that has a lot to do with the permission we feel to be in our most natural
0: state. And I'm just so inspired by what you're sharing. I love that, Abigail. Have you ever done a shoot for your business where you just like weren't in any makeup? It was like the full Abigail, like raw I love that. Um, now that I, yes, I would, my default
1: answer is yes, but I'm like drawing on when, you know what I mean? I've yeah, definitely yeah. done a lot of video
0: in that fashion, mm-hmm. um, but I, I might be time to schedule a photo shoot like that. I know, isn't that cool? Yeah, I just, yeah, I yeah and, I, and, I, and I think that's so inspiring. And this is what, and this is a big thing for me that I try to teach on the class that we teach to help people decide if they want to come into the society or not is like, listen, it's never been my goal to have like a billion hookers with a heart of gold running around like a billion me's, you know, that can get a little like Harley Quinn, like in, you know, like, uh, you know, like the, the, the Batman villains or whatever, like it can get like, that's never been my goal. My goal is that you see yourself in this process, which is why I created those other copy stars for people what is that for you again what's the combo what's the and how do we use that to inform mm-hmm. how you're going to talk about what you do how you show mm-hmm. up um yeah. and we have them we have you basically create it's called the you on one page yeah and it puts together those things once you're done doing that kind of work and you're never done, but that first yeah, kind of yeah. idea of like, okay, what is my copy star? What are some of yeah. my, in my word closet? What is the way that I want to talk about what I want to do? What are the things that help me get into it? Mm-hmm. So you kind of always have that page that can be uh-huh. next to on you your desk or wherever you're traveling. So if you feel like you're dipping back into that sea of samesiness, you can go uh-huh. back to this and remind yourself, oh, these are my these are my key things, you know, now even on the trip, I'm like, I just can like put on one of my rock t-shirts and my hoop earrings. Mm -hmm. I am like empowered to just like get on a a call or do what I need, need to do, you know, and that, and and just helping people start from that place. And then we can move through it. Okay. How does this show up in your emails? How does this show up when you're talking about what you do? You know, where, where are all the places it needs to show up inside of your, inside of your business?
1: Yeah. I really love that. Um, and I, it's funny because I was going to ask for like tips and tricks, but I, I really want to tell the listener, pause this and rewind. Cause you really, you rattled off like four to five questions that would be a perfect segue for someone to take this work on, like
0: identifying more of themselves to be able to share with the world. And I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. The word closet is a big one. The word closet, accessories closet, like starting to think of those go-to phrases, mm-hmm. um, like those favorite things. Those are really, really helpful for so yeah. many people when they get started and then allowing yeah. themselves to at least dip in physical, mm-hmm. like manifesting the way something, whether it's a piece of jewelry, it's a scarf, whatever it is, something that they can kind of put on when they need to feel that kind of boost of confidence. Mm, yep, the remembering.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. I love it. As we begin to wrap up, is there is there any word of encouragement to share with our audience as as we begin to wrap up today?
0: Mm. I mean, something that I feel I've always kind of lived by. If this is helpful for anybody, that was really helpful for me last year when I was going through kind of my entanglement with breast cancer or as we decided to like head out on this road trip and kind of give up that routine. And even this year, I've been experimenting a lot inside of the business, like with the in-person events, trying, we like introduce these VIP days we've never done before, like all this experimentation where you have to let go of the outcome, even though it's so hard to do, like we're doing it without knowing. So there's two things that I've kind of like always lived by Like my, my former acting teacher, her name is Jen Waldman. She used to always have us say this mantra where we'd say, I practice my craft Every day, without judgment, without expectation, so when opportunity comes, I am ready. Mm. And I have really lived by that, and I feel like I always encourage people to mm. like help you release the outcome of, of mm. putting things out there and seeing like what will happen, but you know, without that judgment, without like the expectation. And the other thing that I always think about, and I used to have this, actually I hand painted it on my bed when I was behind my bed, like on the wall when I lived with my brother in New York City. So for years, I had this uh, teacher when I studied abroad in France, I was studying writing and um, she wrote this incredible memoir called How I Became Hedy Jones. She lived in New York City as like the rise of like the beat poets. And she was married mm-hmm. at the time to a very famous uh, writer uh, who was born Leroy Jones, but the world knew as Amory Baraka. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had this very famous, uh, this very, th- this quote that she had in one of her poetry books that I always loved. And I had it painted on the back of my the wall that said, um, so it says, you know, for women, you know, here's the, d- here's the dilemma itself, the solution. I've always been at the same time, woman enough to be moved to tears and man enough to drive my car in any direction. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've always lived by those things of being able to be vulnerable and be open and like honest when I need it to be, but take those bold risks and those bold choices. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's as encouraging as like two things that I always kind of go back and remind myself when I'm feeling in those moments of like, oh my gosh, we're on the road trip or there's not enough sun right now. And I am like, truly a little bit over it and then I'll go mm-hmm. no this is part of it you know like mm-hmm. I you're a woman enough to be moved to tears and man enough to drive my car in any direction like it always kind of brings me back to what yeah. the kind of overall purpose of why I'm doing things or if we we premiered an offer a couple of weeks ago that didn't work that well it was a little yeah. bit of a crash and burn it did not yeah. sell that well. And I went back to, no, I practice my craft every day without judgment, without expectation. So when yes. opportunity comes, I am ready. And I still learned a ton from this, but okay, it's all right. On to the yeah. the next thing, you know?
1: I love both of them and I, I've never heard either of them. So it's really, you know, the listeners can't tell, but I'm smiling as I'm listening to you talk because it's just, it's refreshing to hear some new quotes and some new motivation and perspective. And I love that practicing your craft because... I, I am sure, you know, you've been at it for plenty of years, but you know, you're, you've had so much success and then you had one that didn't be successful. Oh, yeah, and I've what had, do you do? do, you, had many. do you, right. And do you pack up shop and quit and think everybody hates you and you're never going to be a success? No, you you get to clean it up or come back or reevaluate. Like I think that's really important because um I really imagine I, I might my, myself included, sometimes that we think that once we hit a certain point of success, that it's like just smooth sailing and that it's not the job to show up to your craft every single day and get better and be ready for opportunity and you know, be prepared. And so um what a what a beautiful reminder that there is no made it moment where it's
0: ever and forever and ever amen all done, right? Oh a hundred really to remember. Yeah. And a really just a very quick, like funny version of this is during the pandemic, I basically played guitar hero like all the time. retaught it, you know, to myself, my husband bought it for me for Christmas and it became like my go-to thing. And I always, was like, you know, people are doing puzzles or baking bread or whatever. And my thing was like, I'm doing, um, guitar hero, which like was actually really great to take, was actually like a fun, creative outlet, like taking my mind off the business all the time. I would just like go and try and like beat my score, learn my thing, which was just, and I love music. So it was, it was perfect. And I got really, really good at it. And then on the road trip, obviously we don't have Guitar Hero with us. So just this past Saturday, we walk into the Andaz Hotel on the Sunset Strip where we were staying for one night. And it's like an old rock hotel. And in the lobby, what do they have there? Abigail, but Guitar Hero. And so I played it and I ended up, we ended up making friends with this couple, Glory and Evan, shout out to Glory and Evan. And we ended up playing Guitar Hero with them like all night. And they thought I was literally... Like I was a rock star and I leaned over to Eric, my husband at like 11 o'clock at night after I got like five stars on Metallica's one, which is like really hard to get. And I looked at Eric and I go, I practice my craft every day without judgment, <laughs> without expectation. So then oppor- when opportunity comes, I am ready. I'm like, this is the moment. <laughs> I'm like, did you ever think that the years I was playing Guitar here would pay off at like this moment? Like, this is my personal concert in the middle <laughs> of the lobby of the sunset strip of the Andaz Hotel I was playing Metallica's one. And I was oh like, there God. you go. I, I, I didn't know how it would pay off in some way, but it paid off in that moment on Saturday night in LA for sure. <laughs> how perfect. I love that it's just like a lighthearted story because
1: there's so many, like I, I remember finishing books and realizing like this. This is why I went through that, you know, like, so I just appreciate the, the lightness of your story, but also the significance of it is like what we're going through and the reasons we pursue and persist is like, cause there will be a day that it all makes sense.
0: Yeah. Is this weird thing of like, oh, it was for this moment to meet these people, to form yeah. this like unique connection with these people in the middle of like a hotel lobby. And now like, yeah. Um, the other day, uh, like pops up on the phone f- when we're driving in the Bronco, like this number pops up and Eric's like, who is that? I'm like, Oh, that's glory. I'm texting glory. My new friend. <laughs> like, you know, so it was like this weird, like you never know how things will pan out or what it might come up, whether in light ways or bigger ways. And, yeah. um, yeah. And so that was like, my thing it was like, I read a ton of books through the pandemic and I played a lot of guitar hero. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that.
1: <laughs> I love it. And I, I have just loved this conversation. I so appreciate your time with us and uh, just being able to share, you know, our authentic nature, our personalities, who we find ourselves being and becoming. So thank you for who you are. And thank you for sharing that. And, and really, um, you have such a playfulness about you that I really appreciate. And I've, I've truly enjoyed getting to share you on our, on our show. Oh, thanks, Abigail. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Yeah. And Hearts, I want to thank you for showing up with a with a wide open heart and mind and just being open to possibility and your potential and allowing yourself to further discover yourself and your identity and being willing to share it and unleash it more into this world. So thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you.